If you are pregnant or you've recently had a baby, this podcast is for you. I am your host, Kath Bequee, a physiotherapist working in women's health and mum of three. Inside my online program, Fitness Mama, I just love helping support women to care for their bodies during pregnancy, prepare their bodies for birth and support their after birth recovery, helping them feel confident and strong inside out during this important stage of their lives. In this podcast, join me each week as we dive into all things pregnancy care, childbirth and postnatal recovery, helping you through every step of the journey. It is absolutely possible to feel amazing and confident in our bodies during this motherhood journey, and I want that for you. Come and say hi to me on Instagram at fitnessmama, and let's dive into today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness Mama podcast. Today, we are discussing flathead syndrome in babies and we're going to be talking about tummy time, how to reduce flathead, how to help prevent it and some treatment options too. So you're going to love this episode, especially if you're pregnant or you've got a new baby. I am chatting with Demi and Demi is an experienced pediatric physiotherapist who has worked extensively with babies, toddlers and children right up to adolescence in all sorts of areas, musculoskeletal, neurological, including disability and complex needs. So Demi approaches her sessions with passion and warmth to assist children to engage in the session. She enjoys working with babies from birth with post-birth complications, gross motor delays and diagnosed conditions. She also works with children with injuries and pains, and she believes that working collaboratively with the family brings the best outcome for the child. She is also experienced in wheelchair and assistive technology prescription and the NDIS framework. So Demi has a son who's almost two years old and understands the challenges of engaging a child whilst balancing life. So Demi is a powerhouse. You're going to love this episode all about preventing flathead syndrome in babies. So let's get into it. But before we do dive into today's episode, I want to invite you to join us inside Fitness Mama. If you're keen to reclaim your pelvic floor, core and strength safely and you want to care for your body confidently during and after pregnancy, then this is all available with Fitness Mama. If you found you're not exercising as much as you'd like to during pregnancy and after birth, perhaps you're busy or you've lost the motivation or you're not sure how to best be looking after your body. Perhaps you've got pelvic girdle pain and abdominal muscle separation and you're not sure about the best exercises for you. Or you'd like to get back into running after birth and you want the best kickstarter possible then Fitness Mama is for you. So join us for these convenient, short, easy workouts you can do from the comfort of your home whilst your bubba sleeps or your toddler runs around or at the end of a long day at work. Just simply head to fitnessmama.com and there's a free seven-day trial. Right, let's dive into today's episode.
Demi, thank you so much for joining me today on the Fitness Mama podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's so great to chat. So as I just said, we're talking all things flat head syndrome, what causes it, tummy time. So, so many exciting questions. Let's get straight into it and start off with the basics. Can you please explain what is flat head syndrome and what causes it? Sure. So flathead syndrome is because the baby's born with a really soft head, the bones in the skull don't haven't fused yet, and that's to allow for the baby to come out of the birth canal. It allows for the brain to expand and grow. And because their head is so soft, it means that if they spend a lot of time on one side, they can quickly develop a flat spot. And because a lot of new, because newborns spend a lot of time on their back, this can be very common. Okay. Right. So What would be, or how common is it? Well, it's fairly common and a lot of babies are born with a positional preference. So it might be what position they were in in utero. So, you know, they might have had their head turned to the right, for example, and then the moment they come out, you know, they're spending a lot of time to the right side. So, you know, in those moments, parents uh, have a lot to think about, feeding, you know, sleep deprived, and they haven't quite noticed that, oh, okay, this baby's turning a lot to their right. And just that prolonged pressure on that side can cause start to cause that flat spot. Sometimes it can be due to neck tightness called torticollis, and this can be as a result of a few things. So it might be, again, positioning in utero. Maybe mum had low fluid levels and they had restriction in their movement. So, again, if they can't move their head freely left to right, then they have a risk of developing a flat spot on their head. So from what you said... It's either like perhaps there's an issue like with the neck, sore neck, stiff neck, or they just, there's one already there developed from when they're in a baby. Yeah, correct. It could be sort of a chicken and the egg situation. So another thing that might be is if the baby's had a vacuum suction during delivery, that can cause a bit of a misshapen head. And if you think about, you know, like physics, basic physics, if something's round, it's really easy to turn it left to right. But if there's a spot that's flatter, like say, for example, the the coning from the vacuum, then the baby might have trouble lifting off that spot. So then that results in them spending more time again on that spot and over time developing a a flat spot and that potentially getting getting worse if it's not addressed early enough. So as a pediatric physio, we would have to look at not only the head shape and what, um, you know, how how flat it is and the severity, but we're also looking at, right, is there any neck tightness? What's actually causing that flat spot and what's causing the neck? And we have to address the cause, which is the neck, which will then result in, you know, repositioning, exercises, strengthening. And that's where tummy time comes in and why that can be important because it's a counter position to spending so much time on their back. Yeah. Okay. So I do want to ask all about tummy time, but before that, let me think how to word this. So what are the Long Are there long-term effects from flathead? What are they? and Or does it not matter? Like does this resolve usually like by itself? Yeah, good question. So there's no actual impact on brain development or anything like that. It's mainly an aesthetic thing in terms of the flat flatness of the head. However, as a physio, what our main concern is, is why do they have a flat spot? So again, if it's that neck tightness, then we do have to address that because as they get older, they, you know, their muscles grow, that can get tighter. 
They might not be able to turn their body to one side, which can result in asymmetry in other muscles. So, for example, if they only turn to the right, they might not be able to, to, to roll to their left, which can cause asymmetry with crawling and walking and all sorts of things. So we want to address that as early as possible because, you know, the worst case scenario is having it surgically released, like the tightness in the neck. But if we can get on top of it early and do some basic stretches and exercises and repositioning, even just basic things like, you know, when you put them down in the bassinet or their cot, alternate which side you put them down on. So they're turning to the light or the window, left and right. So little things that people can do early on to prevent flat spot. And if they do have that neck tightness, lots of things you can do early on to prevent it as well. Okay. Oh, I do want to talk about tummy time, but before we dive into that, what are some other things that you can do to help prevent it? So you've mentioned positioning in the cot. Yep. Are there any others that stand out? So I think in general, we do focus a lot on tummy time, but it's also important to just think about various positions. So people forget side lying. So yes, babies spend a lot of time on their back and then people just put them straight on their tummy. But side lying is a beautiful position to not only work on their strength and reaching, but also spending time on their side, which prepares them for, for rolling. And it also counteracts that, you know, rounding of the head. So if they're on, on their sides, then it means that they're spending time in other positions and, you know, promoting a round head. The other thing is avoiding what we call containers. So spending too much time in things like bounces, capsules, swings, car seats, anything that has prolonged pressure on their skull is, of course, going to increase that risk of flatness on that side. And with the way things are, busy life, you know, it is very normal to, you know, pop them in something, do this, run away, do that, you know, take the other kids to school, have them in the car seat. So sometimes it's as simple as just get them out, put them in the carrier. If you're at a park with your toddler, maybe, you know, pop a blanket down on the floor and get them on their tummy or pop them on their side rather than just leaving them in the pram where they have that prolonged time on their on their head. So it's really just about variability and not spending too much time. And again, as a mum, I understand that, you know, sometimes you just want to have a shower and know that your baby's safe and you need to put them in a bouncer. So five, ten minutes in a bouncer once a day is completely fine. It's more if, you know, you're leading towards 10, 20 minutes in the bouncer, then 20 minutes in the car and, you know, it all adds up towards the end. Mm, And I do remember first baby, I found it so easy to get them tummy time and, you know, lots of time on the floor by themselves. But then as soon as I had a toddler, I was worried about the safety of my baby and I had to keep them a bit more contained. So I do remember as I had more children, it became more of a conscious thing I had to make time for in terms of tummy time because I couldn't just naturally leave them down on the ground while I had a shower just because my toddler would come in and poke them in the eye with their finger. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's a, a really important thing you've touched on there. I don't want people to think that, you know, tummy time is you need to be on the floor for 20 minutes with them, especially in the early days. It's really just small things. It's you know, tummy time over your shoulder, tummy time over your arm. You know, you've just changed their nappy, flip them on their tummy for a minute, play with them for a little bit, pick them up. So it's just those little things you can do incidentally throughout the day. And then maybe you can dedicate a little bit more time, you know, maybe once your toddler's down for a nap or when your partner gets home from work is that little bit more time of, okay, let's do some reaching, let's do some sideline, let's play a little bit more, I guess, you know, with more focus. But what you do throughout the day really does add up and it does count. Yeah. So when 
At what age do you start the sideline? Good question. Straight away. I think about it, babies babies are really settled by this position. They feel really comfortable. I actually remember when I had my son, Harry, when he was really unsettled, interestingly, the midwife in the hospital was like, you know, we we are meant to put him on their back to sleep as safety, but if you're just watching him, um, we can put him on his side for a bit and, you know, do the padding on the back and settle him back. I actually really love that position. As long as you kind of keep, especially in the early days where they have that startle reflex, if you keep their arms nice and tight together, like close together so they don't startle themselves, it's actually a really comforting position. And with anything, the earlier you start it, the better for you and for them. It builds your confidence, but it also is it's just what they're used to. And they don't know that it's wrong or hard or scary if they have that very variability from the start. So I think people that sort of struggle with tummy time or any kind of position, I think they just get worried that, oh, you know, do I am I hurting them? Is it hard? But I think like anything, if they're exposed to that early on and they have a little bit, even if it's one minute, 30 seconds here and there. They build up endurance just like you and I might build up, you know, one kilometre walk to a five kilometre walk, you know, and it becomes easier for them. Yeah. You are bringing back memories, Demi, of me with my newborn. Like as soon as I asked that, I was like, oh, yes, you're right, because they did love on this side. I had one hand on their tummy and then one hand on their bottom patting it, and that was a really, they loved that. Exactly. I'm getting all nostalgic thinking about my (laughs) Oh, no, I think... I got a toddler. I got a puppy instead of a, another baby, so I think we're sorted after three. <laughs> okay. Apart from tummy time, are there any other alternative strategies? Let's say you're concerned about your baby, and actually, first step: at what stage should you seek professional help if you're concerned about a flat head for your baby? So I think one thing would be if you're finding that you're trying to reposition their head and what you asked me before some strategies on preventing a flat spot and another one is when they're sleeping is just making sure they, you know, sleeping to the left, sleeping to the right, you know, they're alternating which way. If you find that you're trying to, say, turn their head to one side, the opposite side or their non-preferred side, and you find it's tight or you're struggling to get it, there's a lot of resistance, that's probably telling me there's a tightness in their neck. Also, you might find that their head is tilted to one side and they're struggling to sort of to track things and look to that side as well. I would check in with a paediatric physio at that point because it is a lot easier to address that and a lot quicker. It's It becomes, you know, a, a, such a shorter process rather than a lot later when they have, you know, they're more active and they're finding stretches and things like that. So... That's a good time to check in. If you find the flat spot is kind of getting worse is another way to do it. If they're, you know, have poor tolerance of tummy time or various positions and you find that, you know, you're doing tummy time over a towel, you're doing it over your shoulder, you're doing it quite often throughout the day and they're not quite getting better, then that's another good reason to check in. Or just in general, do they feel, you know, really floppy? Do they feel really stiff? Do they always use one side of their body more than the other? You know, are they moving their arms or their left arm a lot or their left leg a lot but not their other side? That's a really good time to check in and just get things assessed and to see, you know, is this something we need to monitor? Is is it just, okay, let's work on a few things and see how you go? And, of course, if they've got any diagnosed condition as well, like any positioning issues with their feet, any hip dysplasia and they in a brace or any kind of conditions like that mm. as well. If in doubt, check it out. Exactly. And if you see a good paediatric physio, they should tell you, oh, you know, there's nothing to worry about here. 
just because you're going to see someone professionally doesn't mean you have to see, have to see them for six months. Um, a good yep. professional will tell you whether you need to keep seeing them or not. This episode is proudly brought to you by Solidea, providing all of your pregnancy and recovery support needs. Solidea's maternity range supports your changing body throughout your pregnancy and the postpartum period. The proven compression and patented fabric helps to reduce back and pelvic joint pain, swelling and varicose veins, and it's safe and effective following vaginal and caesarean section deliveries. Solidea improves recovery from episiotomies, tears, hematomas, and after caesarean births. Made in Italy, Solidea's maternity range ensures pregnant women and new mums will look good and feel great. Recommended by obstetricians and physiotherapists, Solidea is offering 20% off using the code FITNEST20. That's F-I-T-N-E-S-T-20. So if you're in the market for some new support wear for pregnancy or postpartum, definitely go and check them out with the code FITNESS20 for 20% off. So visit www.solidea.com.au and check them out for yourself. And the link is in the show notes. So in Australia, we can see a paediatric physio privately. You don't need a referral. Are there any other ways that you can get the support of a paediatric physio? That's correct. I mean, you can. You don't need a referral. You can just find one. You you can get a referral from your GP if you you might be entitled to some some sessions through them, depending on what the condition is. But yeah, even there's a lot of Instagram pages out there with lots of tips. I've also got a newborn guide which goes through a lot of these kind of tips and you know positions and development and what to look out for. So sometimes that can be a good starting point and you know preparing before your baby comes along. It's the newborn guide. So a lot of these things are preventative and if you know about mm. them early on, it really helps before it becomes an issue rather than trying to trying to fix things later on. Yeah, okay. So there's no publicly available paediatric physios like in community centres or? There is. Yeah, there is. Uh, So community centres and obviously the Royal Children's and, you know, hospitals as well, but therefore more severe cases. So um, especially the hospitals, like if you, you know, if if your baby's born with a condition, they might spend time in NICU or at the Royal Children's, then of course they'll be seen by a paediatric physio there. So paediatric physios in hospitals have another role as well. Yes, it's positioning, but they're also involved in, you know, lung and heart issues, mechanical breathing, all that kind of stuff in hospitals as well. And then they will refer on if they need to, whether it's community or private private practice physio. Yep, okay. Now, another question I was going to ask was about the helmet. Mm -hmm. At what stage would you consider a helmet And can you explain what a helmet is for the listeners too? But at what stage would you consider it for a baby? So what happens with the skull, there's a a gap on the top of the baby's head, and I'm sure a lot of parents have felt it. That's called the anterior fontanelle. And what that is, it's a gap that basically allows for that skull to keep expanding and growing. Now, that fuses anywhere between 9 and 18 months. So 
I guess to answer your question, it depends on what age your baby is. And a helmet is another option if the repositioning and the exercises and the strengthening is not is not helping enough with the head shape. So what the helmet will do is the way they design it based on the baby's head shape and, you know, they'll get an assessment, a scan of the head, where the flat spot is. They'll design a helmet around that so they'll have some extra pressure on where they want the head to grow. So they sort of have like gaping in the helmet of where the head needs to grow and then it's more sort of supported around where the, the head is already rounded. So it just sort of guides the head. It doesn't force it in any way. It just guides it to go, hey, there's some space here, grow into it. Head growth is is the most rapid around sort of four months. That doesn't mean we refer for helmet that quickly unless they've got a really, really, really severe flat spot. And that's where our assessment will come in. And we've got a scale where we look at the severity. But you do want to get, if you are sort of worried about the head shape and you are concerned and you're trying physio and exercises and you think it's just still not right, then I like to tell parents, you get an option, get your child's head assessed, see if they need a helmet, monitor that. Because I don't want parents to get to nine, 10 months and then find that I'm really not happy with the head that the fontanelle has fused, the treatment's not going to be very effective once that fontanelle is fused. So it's always good to give parents that option early on whilst you're still working on all the repositioning and all that. And it's not a fix for any neck issues either. So you still have to have, you know, your stretches and exercises to work on that because that's the cause. But if if it really depends on the severity of the flat spot and how parents are feeling about the child's head, because it is aesthetic at the end of the day. I've had some parents who are like, no, I don't want a helmet. I'm happy with the way it's growing. It's looking great. We'll just keep doing physio. I have other parents who I really don't want a flat spot. I don't want them, you know, to have any issues when they go to school or if they get bald, you know, if they're boys, I really don't want them to have a flat spot. So for those parents, I go, great, let's get an assessment for a helmet earlier. Mm. Funny, because I've never looked at an adult and thought, <laughs> you've got a flat head. <laughs> Do you, with your background, can you identify adults that have had flat heads as kids? Um, yes, actually. <laughs> but <laughs> there's also a genetic component. So, you know, mm. there are some certain certain races as well. Like sometimes they have, you know, we all have different features Sometimes people have flatter heads, just a genetic thing. You know, you can see the parents both have a flatter head. It might be a general flatness rather than one-sided, and that's another um, possibility with flatness. It's not always one side. You can have what's called brachycephaly, which is a general flatness as well. But, you know, there are some people there who have bigger heads, smaller heads, flatter heads, bigger ears, you know, one eye is smaller than the other one. Mm, yeah. So, you know, it might just be a, a genetic difference. And if the, the flat if the head is severely flat, it can have those secondary implications like, you know, their ear, one side of their ear might be more forward than the other one. One eye might be smaller, you know, a cheek might be fuller. So you can have sort of facial asymmetry as well from it. But, yeah, that's interesting. But only like out of the two of us, we're both physios and I haven't, I'll notice someone's gait and walking. I did a lot of neuro rehab and I can identify if they've had a you know, a mild stroke or something like that. But flathead, I haven't really paid much attention to. So, yeah, interesting. So for any parents listening today, Demi, do you have any final words of wisdom to part or do you have anything more you want to say about this topic? Sure. I think the biggest thing is there's, you know, as much as we talk about, you know, look at this, think about that, worry about that, 
I think first and foremost is don't forget to bond with your baby and, you know, to focus on on enjoying them. I think we have – there's so much information out there and it can concern people looking at feeding and looking at sleeping and, and they don't actually just sit down and, and especially as a first-time parent, it's hard. But actually trust your gut and think, okay, is something wrong? Do I need to get it checked out? And I think I've had a lot of situations where parents go, look, I just felt like something's not right. I'd rather get it checked. You know, I went to this GP, this pediatrician. They all said it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, but just something doesn't feel right and I want to come and see you or come and see another physio. And I think really trust that gut and it's really there for a reason. And, you know, you might be wrong, you might be right. It doesn't really matter. So I think really trusting yourself firstly and secondly just do what you think is right for you and take all the information and you pick what feels right for you i think at the end of the day it's not something we need to overcomplicate it's just playing with your baby connecting with them spending time with them you know giving them a variety of positions and changing the envir- environment for them and more often than not that's all you really need to do yeah amazing so demi how can people find you Sure. So I've got an Instagram page called Demi underscore the baby physio. So there's lots and lots of tips on there as well. And there's also links to my ebook. So one is the newborn guide and a crawling guide as well. I've got a website, which is also linked through the link tree through there. And, you know, if you have ever, ever have any concerns and you want to get something checked out, you can email me as well. So Demi at the babyphysio.com. So I've got all my information on my website as well. Yeah. So anyone listening, definitely go and check out Demi's Instagram page. You are, I'm, I always look at you and think it's amazing how active you are on Instagram. I always think, oh, I haven't posted today. And you're just always there providing amazing value. So well done. Thank you so much. Thank you, Demi. Great to have you. We'll chat to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Amazing. So before I sign off, remember my team and I will be putting together the show notes for this episode with all the links, including how to connect with Demi at fitnessmama.com forward slash podcast. Have a fabulous day, everyone. And I look forward to you joining me next week for another episode of the Fitness Mama podcast. Thanks for listening to the Fitness Mama podcast brought to you by the Fitness Mama freebies found at www.fitnessmama.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave a review, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media and tag me at Fitness Mama so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember, an active pregnancy, confident childbirth and strong postnatal recovery is something that you deserve. Remember our disclaimer, materials and contents in this podcast are intended as general information only and shouldn't substitute any medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. I'll see you soon.